What would you do if you were told you weren't welcome at a local restaurant because of your biblically-based beliefs? Well, the Family Foundation experienced that firsthand, and we're going to talk about that today. Plus, what does this say about our culture and what the future holds for Americans with religious viewpoints on marriage and life? Welcome to Speak Up, Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, with our president, Victoria Cobb. So, Victoria, it appears that you and all of us at the Family Foundation um, are no longer safe to eat with or dine out publicly. <laughs> yeah, that's what they said. But uh, I have to say, if your viewpoints are so dangerous, you can't eat food. That's a that's a problem. And I have to admit, it's made for a lot of jokes uh, at the meal times that I've had since that comment went out. I've I've had to tell my friends, no, I really am safe. And uh, you know, I went to my pastor's house last night for dinner, and and you know, there was a big joke about how he should have canceled me about an hour and a half before and all that good stuff. And I said, well, if I can eat anywhere, I would hope it would be at my pastor's house. Yeah, I'll go out to eat with you as long as you put a different name. Yes, different I- reservation. <laughs> I will not put reservations in my own name anymore. Well, I guess a lot of people have heard by now that Family Foundation got canceled again, and this time it was over being denied food service at a restaurant called the Metzger Bar and Butchery here in downtown Richmond. And the last two weeks have just literally been so crazy. It's been really unprecedented with anything we've ever experienced with getting coverage from uh, everything from the USA Today to even in Europe, The Guardian, and there was even something out of Italy that we couldn't read unless we (laughs) translated it. Um, but before we get into all of that and why it's generating so much attention and the major issues at stake, let's just start with how did this all begin in the first place? Well, yeah, I mean, it was a simple reservation that we had for our supporters. We were just going to go and talk about our work over dessert and coffee. And essentially, an hour and a half before we were to show up, we would have literally arrived at that restaurant. They called and canceled the event. And they said their staff had looked us up, whatever that means, and that their wait staff was refusing to serve us. And so now they've issued an official statement, of course. But at the time, it was just, we refused to serve you. Well, if I'm not mistaken, you guys have been planning this for, what, three weeks beforehand? I mean, and they're telling you like an hour and a half, oh, we realize suddenly that we don't feel safe with you. Yeah, it's a bit of a problem because it's, you know, it's not easy. It was a private room was the goal because, you know, it's it was 15, 20 people. And so we were very thankful another restaurant took us in um, because it's not easy to pivot that within an hour and a half to put that many people somewhere else. Yeah, and let's talk about the irony of the statement that they put out on social media. And I I liked what one commentator said that it wasn't like they were, you know, they were exulting in this, like they were proud of excluding someone. And so their actual statement, talk to us kind of about what some of the phrases that were in there. Yeah, how hypocritical that they would use terminology like we pride ourselves on the inclusive environment that we have while using that to defend how intolerant and not inclusive they were for people of faith that have these religious viewpoints. Um, And then they, of course, you mentioned, talked about it being unsafe, and they specifically cited our perspectives on the issue of marriage and protecting human life. So about the LGBTQ is what they mentioned that, 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 you know, that that we advocate on those issues. Yeah, I'm looking at the words here, uh, something about that they seek to deprive women, or no, they're saying our group quote, seeks to deprive women and LGBTQ persons of their basic human rights in America. What's your response to that? I think of us as a human rights organization, actually, because there's no more basic human right than the right to life. We're actually probably the most fundamental human rights organization there is. Yeah, well said. 
and also the basic human right for kids to have um, a healthy family to live in um, because that is the bedrock of our society and that's what we're all about um, speaking up for day in and day out so I don't I don't know why we're suddenly unsafe over that. Yeah, no question. Uh, and it's disappointing. And, you know, we felt like we had to speak out. We felt like we had to say something, you know, in this world where there's a lot of uh, anti-Semitism and other kinds of discrimination. We don't want these things to keep occurring and people to be afraid of their own political views or their own religious faith. Yeah, I think it might be interesting to, for people to know that you came to our staff the very next morning and got our feedback on, you know, should we say something about this or not? And it was interesting to hear everybody's perspectives. Uh, me personally, I pointed out, you know, if we don't say something, um, it allows other people to be discriminated against. If everyone just doesn't say anything, you know, it, it's uncomfortable sometimes to talk about it happening. Um, but that's how it turns into worse persecution later on, you know, like with what happens with anti-Semitism. Well, we've seen some of the clients of our law center, you know, they've come to us because they've lost a job over these values. And they make hard decisions about what the implications of actually trying to redress their situation through our law center, what it would be on the rest of their lives. And so for the Family Foundation, we can handle the ramifications. We're, we're able to do that. Yeah. And so it seems like we're the right ones to have to, yeah. you know, blow the whistle that this stuff is happening. It's out there. Because in a way, we're at the tip of the spear because we're out there, you know, out front with what's on our website. We're, we're um, publicly advocating for that at the state capitol for families. Um, but this does trickle down to individuals who hold these deeply held beliefs. So talk to us about why this is hurt, hitting a nerve with so many people, because we didn't actually expect this to blow up like it did in the media and just be everywhere. Why are so many people interested in this? I think it's because everybody knows that if it happens to us and they hold these same kind of views, it could happen to them, right? Nobody wants to think about a restaurant having a litmus test for your faith or your political views. I had somebody say, wow, I pray. One of the anchors said, I yeah. pray before my meals. I don't want someone judging me because I'm blessing my food. But now people are thinking, like, what are people you know, are they really judging us before we even have a conversation because we share different views? Are we really that polarized? You know, I think we are when you've got little kids being chastised for bowing their head and praying at school. And I think we do kind of second guess when we bow our heads at a public restaurant now. And that's a sad state that we're reaching in America. Well, and you have to think about if the wait staff decided they couldn't be in the same room without us, without knowing us, without having ever met any of the people. These were some of the kindest. I got to tell you, like if they had met these people, I, it yeah. would just be hard to say they were unsafe. They would have been treated so well. They would have been tipped well. It would have been. But they didn't let that opportunity happen because they have these preconceived right. notions of people who hold faith or political mm -hmm. views like we do. Right. This is how we divide more in society when we are not engaging with each other. It really means you don't believe the truth can win out in the marketplace because you don't want to hear anything countering your idea and or we've, challenging your idea. And we've so personalized ideas that we think if you hold a different viewpoint, then you are inevitably Evil. a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've characterized people by what they, what, who they worship or what they believe. Well, I do feel like this is a foreshadowing of what's coming for people of faith. And, you know, we're seeing in this in the big tech realm. Tell us about what you saw happening, playing out with the whole big tech social media thing. Yeah, I think it's a secondary story here that, you know, so all the, this attention comes. So attention immediately comes to both the Family Foundation and this restaurant, right? And I assume they're getting the same thing we are, which is both directions. You're getting people that support that restaurant. And, you know, the gay rights community has really doubled down on the, the comments, at least, that we saw 
uh, initially. And then, of course, you're going to get people that are folks that go, wait, this is America. Don't do this. And we're getting the same kind of comments. But what's interesting about that is um, we noticed within a day that it really had hit the mainstream if you went and you tried to make a review on Yelp, which is typically where you would go to make a comment about a restaurant, Yelp had stepped in, put a little sign over their page and said, because there's been heightened attention, I forget exactly the wording, we're going to temporarily suspend your ability to make reviews because they basically were able to block the bad reviews coming into Metzger's. But on the flip side, where you would review an organization like the Family Foundation would be Google. Mm -hmm. And Google did not seem any bit interested in stepping in and going, hey, they've been in the limelight too. All the one-star reviews that people are about to leave for the Family Foundation, we're going to, you know, put a temporary hold on that. So it's yeah. just interesting how big tech plays these games over which side they want to cover for, so to speak. And we now know it's not just our imagination with what's been coming out with the so-called Twitter files. Yes, it does relate very much to what's in the news. And we've known this, but now we're getting to see it, I think, firsthand in our story. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. Well, Victoria, this whole incident had curious timing, didn't it? I mean, this was all blowing up at the same time the U.S. Congress was uh, considering or actually voting through the what we should be calling Disrespect for Marriage Act. Help us connect the dots with what we experienced on the ground and the ramifications of this law. This has been the concern for quite some time for those of us of faith is that if we move public policy in the direction of creating a right to same-sex marriage, which is what this law essentially would do, um, which is a step further than just having a court case that kind of gave that right. So some people might go, what's the big deal? It's already been in court. This is a step further because it, you know, laws have to be repealed, not just simply court decisions, future reversed, like we saw in Dobbs. So we, we had a situation where now we've got a bill and it's giving a right. And once you've given a right, how do you protect the people who do struggle with this from a religious perspective. And that's been the concern. A lot of folks brought this up during the debate. And in particular, there were there's a fig leaf of amendment that, I'm sorry, there's a fig leaf of religious freedom, uh, sort of a shout out to like, oh yeah, we sort of, we sort of will um, tolerate those who view differently. But it's not very strong. And when stronger amendments were put forward, in particular, for example, Senator Lee tried to put forward an amendment that said, we're gonna make sure the tax status of organizations that are nonprofits, just like us, who advocate for traditional marriage, can't be denied because we now have this public policy. Those things were rejected. So it tells you what's at the heart of this is not just uh, sort of codifying what's already in existence out there, which is same-sex marriage, but really, how can we use this to create a public policy environment to shut down the voices or the actions of those who don't want to participate in same-sex wedding activities like the baker or other folks like that? Yeah. And we remember in the Obergefell, the Supreme Court justice warning that this was going to happen. And now we see it playing out. You know, this is going to become law. The <laughs> what I'm calling Disrespect for Marriage Act is going to become law when Biden signs it. And my understanding is this this what you're saying is a fig leaf of religious freedom protection is very narrow to just churches or uh, um, that are performing ceremonies, people that are actually performing ceremonies or having a ceremony in a venue. I mean, it wouldn't 
offer any protection for someone that's turned away from a restaurant or a school, maybe, um, trying to stay to the integrity of their Christian school beliefs, right? Yeah, I would worry very much about a Christian school. I think there's a big concern around a lot of scenarios. In particular, I think organizations like ours would be the first on the list because we actually go into the public square and defend traditional marriage. So Mm -hmm. the concern is that we are a nonprofit, and very quickly we could see that if this is the public policy and the IRS is the implementer of public policy in the tax code— We could see ramifications like that come down on organizations like ours. And we are experiencing them. This is actually the third time that we've been canceled, right? Yes. It's not the first time a lot of folks have asked that question with this restaurant situation. We have in the past, over a decade ago, so almost kind of before a lot of this was out there, we did have a web designer that simply said, you guys are pro-life. You're expecting me to put these beautiful pictures of unborn babies and write content, words that uh, advocate for the unborn, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not comfortable with that. And so they went on their way. We picked a different web designer. We've also had it, and this was the harder one in a data company. And this was really challenging because it's very, very expensive and timely and difficult to be kicked off of your database. Your entire database. Your entire database. Um, And that happened to many, many organizations that hold our viewpoint. So, yeah, the restaurant thing I think is a little more shocking because people would like to think at least going to a restaurant should be something we don't have to judge each other about. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of the whole website thing, that's a nice segue into the other thing that was happening in the middle of all this was the U.S. Supreme Court case hearing on this website design case. Now, we've been hearing, I just want to jump to what we're hearing from the LGBT activists arguing. Um, You know, they're calling us hypocrites, saying, well, you're raising all this concern about being denied food service. And yet you are speaking out for like a cake baker's right not to design a cake supporting or celebrating gay marriage. And now what was at the heart of this Supreme Court case hearing was a website designer that does not want to be forced to design a website specifically celebrating something like same-sex marriage. So what's the difference, Victoria? What would you say to counteract the argument that we are hypocrites in this? Or, you know, what? how would you respond to that? So our people listening understand the difference here. Yeah, we in our nation have a bedrock principle of free speech. It's really important that we protect that speech. And that web designer, her product is both literal written speech, you know, what are you going to put on there in content, and um, what we consider artistic work, so the creation, the design, the beautification of an idea. And in our country, legally, artistic things are considered speech. That's been very controversial in the past because there's art that some of us don't think is portraying a very appropriate message, but that's how it's been determined. And so in her case, we're talking about should her ability, should someone be able to pay you and force you to put out speech that you don't agree with, which we do think is a little different than putting food on the table. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, some folks have analogized our event and said, you know, look, that's because, um, you know, in her case and in the case of the baker, they didn't want to put out speech related to a same sex marriage, like a wedding ceremony. Mm-hmm. And that felt like to them that they were advocating, celebrating, participating in a same-sex wedding. And I was kind of like, well, we're just asking for food service. And somebody analogized that and said, well, hold on, but you, but, but it's about, it's your event, it's your organization. I said, what if we had walked in and the only thing we were going to talk about was school choice? So you're telling me it had nothing to do with either of yeah. these two issues you've highlighted. Then you're looking at our beliefs. We're a pretty wide organization. So so my you, point you is we weren't asking. We were you didn't gonna know what we were going to talk about. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you made some assumptions about who yeah. we are. And you said, you know, you were unsafe. So they were trying to claim that, like, our existence in the same room was somehow problematic. They never cited what we were going to say. So it's a different scenario. It's a nuanced thing. And I appreciate that people can see them similarly, but they need to really understand 
kind of the legal situation that we're really talking about. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out that both the cake baker and the website designer that have been at the Supreme Court, they were servicing people or willing to service people that were gay. It was only when they were asked to do a specific expression supporting gay marriage that this became a free speech issue. So that's kind of the difference. It's an expression versus a neutral you know, food service like dining without any creative ins- expression. Yeah, they had no um, idea what our event was about. So they have no idea what we were about to, you know, if they even if they consider food service participating in our event, um, there's they don't know what the event was. <laughs> yeah. And now you were saying that actually people bringing up this, the cake baker and everything, um, that they're the ones really that when you logically think about it, have a double standard. And interestingly... This popular radio host here in Richmond, John Reed, um, he agreed with us. On Well, he made the same point on the double standard, even though he doesn't actually agree with us on same-sex marriage. So let's listen to that real quick. I agree with the people who disagree with the Family Foundation on gay marriage. I'm actually in agreement with you that their position is not the right position. Um, but, you know, if you're going to be a server at a restaurant... <laughs> you don't get to just pick and choose who you serve if you're going to be a right. server at a restaurant. Please, these are the same people who would de- demand that someone who opens a bake shop must make a custom cake for a gay marriage. I have no doubt that uh, that everybody who is angry about the Family Foundation would demand that an independent baker bake a gay wedding cake. And they would see no disconnection in in philosophy here, or double standard, other than I'm right and you're wrong, and so you need to do what I want to say. Yeah, you don't have to actually agree with our positions to believe that it's a good thing for our society to be able to be in the same restaurants, right? You know, to come alongside and say, Metzger's really shouldn't have done this doesn't mean that you have to agree with us on biblical marriage or on, on pro-life issues. But it does mean that you believe in freedom and that you believe that some things maybe ought to be beyond uh, partisan bickering or, or different religious beliefs. You know, we, we want a society where not only can we be in the same restaurants, but we can actually sit down at a table and have an exchange of ideas. Um, most Americans have friends that don't believe like they do and don't either spiritually, religiously, or don't share their political views. But most people have the civility and the kindness to be able to have a great conversation, even about those issues, let alone just simply, you know, serving one another in some other capacity. Yeah, I do think it would be really sad if we all end up going to different restaurants based on our beliefs and our politics. We, I don't think any of us want to see an America like that. No, I, I absolutely. I think that's what's hitting a nerve with people. Is mm-hmm. is that really where we're headed? Well, normally this would be when we do our inconceivable humor segment, but really this whole topic is has been one big inconceivable. Inconceivable! So we really don't need that this week. So we're just going to wrap up here with one final question. And I just want to ask you, Victoria, for a big picture look at what this says about our culture right now, where we're at in our culture, and what it says about the future for religious Americans. 
I think faith-based people need to be prepared that there is going to be continued efforts to shut down our speech, to silence us, and even to the extent where they don't want to serve us in very basic capacities. And so people need to be ready for that, and people need to be prepared to speak out about that when it happens because we don't want this to become the trend. That We want actually this moment to be an opportunity for us to all come together and say, no, we're going to change this culture where at least basic food service we can do together. We can sit down in a restaurant and actually just have a meal. Now, we know people that have experienced this and been fired and not chosen not to speak up. What would your encouragement be to people who experience this and think, you know, I'm just not going to say anything. I don't want to cause controversy. What would you say to them to consider for why it's important, why we can't stay silent on this, um, you know, why it's important that we all kind of shine a light on what's happening? Yeah, you hit a very good point. Our Founding Freedoms Law Center every day gets people who have been the, the wrong end of a religious discrimination situation where their faith has cost them a lot of times a job. And what I would say to people is, yes, it's a trust exercise. You have to trust that maybe God can do something amazing out of your willingness to speak out. And that's a hard thing because there could be ramifications. I can tell you that you could lose friends when they find out that you're a faith-based person and that you've been speaking out. Um, I do experience this, but it really is about, is God big enough to do something with this situation? And I think he is. And we know also that we're not the only ones experiencing this because we've heard about, uh, of course, Sarah Huckabee being kicked out of a restaurant also here in Virginia. Um, We just heard recently about Kirk Cameron. All he wanted to do was read this beautiful, innocent little children's book about it's about a tree, the growth of a tree and illustrating the fruits of the spirit. We're talking about things like love, gentleness and kindness. That is it. And he was told by Uh, something like 50 libraries that he couldn't do this, be part of reading time, while many of those same libraries are having drag queen story time. So let's just hear for a moment Tucker Carlson interviewing Kirk about this. So let's say you want to host a drag time story hour with seven-year-olds. You obviously can use your public library for that, but you can't read a book about God at a public library. And the actor Kirk Cameron just learned that. Dozens of public libraries refused to give him a slot to speak to kids about his new faith-based book called As You Grow. One Rhode Island library told him, quote, we are a very queer-friendly library. Our messaging does not align. (laughs) Okay. Kirk Cameron joins us tonight. Kirk, thanks so much for coming on. Um, So they wouldn't let you read this book? This book was banned in libraries? How controversial is this book? Well, it's a book that teaches biblical wisdom through the seasons of life to children and the value of growing the fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, kindness, patience, gentleness, self-control. And I wanted to do a book reading at a public library, and I was denied by over 50 woke libraries that have hosted drag queen story hours. Victoria, when you hear that, um, what's your advice to people just in general for navigate, you know, navigating a culture like this where we have these kind of um, double standards? And I think just, people yeah. need to be prepared that they could run into this, that faith is not something that is accepted. And if you think a book, if you watch a book about all the fruits of the spirit being rejected, you know, it's they're not rejecting what we're actually saying in some cases. There were, you know, the scripture talks about they hate you because they hated me, right? Like this is ultimately about faith because we used to at least even have values education in public schools. And that's basically what the fruit of the spirit is. But we've got to just stand up and be ready for that and just be willing to highlight that where it's happening so that other businesses just don't think this is a good idea. 
Well, you know, I just want to give people a final encouragement here that we there is strength and power when we speak together, when we speak truth together into this culture that is really surrounded by lies, that is bowing the knee to deception. The only way we're going to break through those strongholds is if we courageously speak truth. And we need each other to do that. And so there is power in not remaining silent. Every one of us who speaks up joins, you know, when we speak up, each individual person, we are joining our voices together doing that. And also, I think sometimes as Christians, we're, we don't speak up because we're kind of afraid to be perceived as troublemakers. You know, our default is being peacemakers, which is good. But I like to take card in the scripture from Acts where it talks about um, the disciples, the apostles, they're sharing the gospel. The mob comes after them and they get dragged before the city council. And the their accusers basically um, say this. Let me just quote from the Bible here. They say, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have now come here. And that's why they're upset. And I think we should be proud to be in the company of the apostles causing trouble all over the world. Um, you know, we have we have good company. We don't need to be ashamed or afraid of, of the backward, bigoted label that people try to attach to us if we are shining God's truth and we are doing so with, with love and power. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Certainly, we've been called troublemakers before. It's okay. Uh, you know, I like to think of this as actually we believed in tr- traditional marriage and all these things, and they used to be <laughs> the the yeah. actual belief of everyone around us. So I think it's okay if we're seen as causing trouble by simply trying to preserve that which God has designed. Yeah, we're the cool countercultural people now. <laughs> I guess so. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.